Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. I'm inviting people to the Retreat House table to share their story, and I'm so glad you're here to join us. Welcome to the table. I think today is going to be an episode that you are going to think is very interesting, and you're going to want to have some action after it, I'm sure of it. My guest today is Haley Whitman, and she I got connected to Haley through a friend of mine from college. Shout out to Naomi Damption. She connected us because Naomi knows that I have this podcast, and she's friends with Haley and knows about this project that Haley is working on and had sent a link to me for Haley's Kickstarter. And when she sent it to me, it's so it's about the Enneagram people. So, I mean, your ears are going to be perked already. I know. So this is going to be so fun. So welcome, Haley. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be on your show. <laughs> so why don't we start first with how did you how did you first become involved with Enneagram or kind of what first piqued your interest with the Enneagram? Right. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I got really into Myers-Briggs and I was actually going through a certification training um, program to be able to live profile people conversationally. Oh. And so I'd, I'd already kind of had my nose in that field and had heard a little bit about the Enneagram and naturally it took an online test, but mistyped and I just remember being kind of shocked with the description of whatever type I got. I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of thought, oh, this is this is so negative. You know, why would I why would I focus on the Enneagram when Myers Briggs is fun and it's kind of like a pat on the back? Right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, I just kinda had that experience and set that aside. But then I remember listening to sweet Maria Goff, who's Bob Goff's wife, Mm -hmm. who wrote Love Does, I I listened to her talk. And I remember her saying um, just how the Enneagram had helped her and Bob's relationship and understanding one another. And I thought, well, if sweet Maria likes the Enneagram, then I I must be missing out on something. I need to check this out. So I I checked out a book at the local library. And I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to take a test. I'm, I'm just going to read it. And so that I don't take in any of this information biased or only read my type, you know. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading through the book, my type just emerged. And I knew it was which one was mine immediately when I read about it. And then just kind of found that the, the beauty with the Enneagram was just that it really described, you know, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it is kind of a really honest and blunt look. But there's just such opportunity then for healing and self-awareness. And it was just quite a bit deeper, a quite a bit deeper look at who we are as people and who God created us to be and how we can really take that opportunity to grow and to heal and, and become the, the person that he designed us to be. Yes. And the way that you ended up finding your number is actually the best way to find your yes. number with the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the Enneagram, too. Also, I felt very known. Yeah, yeah. And not crazy. I mean, a little crazy still, but I, like, I oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> like exactly. This. It kind of like, and how did they know? Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Almost creepy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and kind of like you say, um, just the beauty of the Enneagram is that then when you have conversations with people, 
and, and really give them a chance to speak about who they are and their experience. It's, it's just, you feel really known and loved and seen and valued for who you are. And, and you just have a safe space to share. Mm -hmm. Do you share what your type is? Do you share what your name uh, is? Yeah. <laughs> um, only if you do. Yeah, I'm a seven with a six wing. Oh, fun. Okay. I'm a, I'm a type four and I'm the self-preservation four. I don't know mm -hmm. what that means, self-preservation for. Yeah, so uh, there's subtypes. So within the Enneagram, do you know about the subtypes? No, I don't think I, I must not. Okay, so Beatrice Chestnut, an author, um, has a lot of incredible work published about the subtypes. But basically, there's 27 types, so three types of each number. Okay. And they're based off of instincts. So I have a self-preservation instinct, Okay. which we could get into, but it's, uh, it's just really, it's really fascinating. And, and just another, another really fun thing about the Enneagram. And I'll, I'll just throw out one thing about the subtypes, which mm -hmm. I just find so intriguing is just that there's always a counter type within the subtypes. So like, let's say there's three types of sevens or three types of fours, mm -hmm. the counter type kind of moves against that natural instinct. So that Enneagram type will show up in the world and look different than your typical seven or four, if that makes sense. That does make sense. And I, I think sometimes because I've listened to different podcasts where people are interviewing people of different types or mm -hmm. to see someone and, and, and I know what their type is and think, well, well, that seven doesn't look like me. Right, right. And to, How is that possible? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to under, well, even with having a wing, I mean, someone with a seven, <laughs> eight wing can look a lot different than a seven with a six wing. <laughs> right, exactly. I'll have to look more into subtypes. I haven't taken that deep of a dive with it, but maybe okay. I should. Yes, I would definitely recommend Beatrice Chestnut for that. Yeah, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes for people who are listening so you can find, make Perfect. it'll be easy for them to find. Mm -hmm. And so your love of the Enneagram, well, tell, why don't you tell us about your project? I know that you're a designer too, which is part of your project. So, but maybe we should talk a little bit about what your project is, and then we can go back and we'll tell talk a little bit about you being a designer and how kind of the things are all coming together. Sure. So my project is a Kickstarter campaign to self-publish a book that I designed and wrote called The Art in You and Me, The Enneagram Visualized. And what I tried to do was give visual identity to the nine Enneagram types through Photoshop, through compiling multiple individual images into one and using symbolism. So like hiding um, a chameleon, hiding a measuring stick, hiding a rhino's eye, different things into each image to try to add some depth and insight into what each type is, how they see the world, and, and maybe even how we perceive or misperceive them. And so now talk a little bit about your design background and then how the two things, uh, why you got to this project. Right. So I'm a graphic designer and I, like I said, have always had this interest in um, personality types. And so um, I'm going to tangent even a little bit more yep. and go back mm -hmm. farther. So once I, once I got into the Enneagram, I started traveling to see author Chris Hewart speak and going to his conferences. And I just fell in love with the way that he was teaching the Enneagram because he's really brought new vocabulary forward. And 
she teaches with a lens of compassion, which is a little bit unusual and very compelling, I think, and really needed. Mm -hmm. And then I got into, uh, he, he partnered with artist Ryan O'Neill, who's uh, who has the Sleeping At Last podcast, if you've heard of that. Okay, and uh -huh. he's the one that did all the songs. Right. right? And okay. Yes, yes. And then Chris is the author that's speaking and teaching with him okay. um, for each of the songs on his podcast. And the two of them just had such remarkable work. And every time they'd release a song, I would listen and I would cry <laughs> as my heart broke for each type. And I just mm -hmm. felt you know, this, this music, it transcends. I understand this even more. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so much symbolism. And I was, I was raving to a friend about it one day. And they said, well, you know what you should do? You should create visuals because, I mean, they, I'm an, a visual person. And I would love to see it stick that way because, you know, music transcends, but I'd like to see it visually. Right. And I said, oh, no, no way. Like, yes, I'm a graphic designer, but that's that's way too hard. Like, that's impossible. I can't do that. And they just kept encouraging me for like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And until one day I was like, okay, I'm just going to try. And I'm going to do this in Photoshop because that's where the magic happens for me. Mm -hmm. And so then I sat down with our friend Naomi, um, mm -hmm. who's a type six. And I just, I interviewed her to try to get some insight into how the six's mind works. So I did a bunch of research on the six, and then I just asked compelling questions to try to get a story out of her to hear memories from her childhood, and then had her listen to the Sleeping At Last song and journal all the way through it. And, and then what I ended up doing was coming up with a, an image and writing a, kind of an explanation for it and... That's really how this was birthed. I love that. I mean, I think as much as music does transcend, I think art does as well mm -hmm. and can make you understand things that you wouldn't maybe otherwise understand or understand it with a depth right? that you might not be able to if someone was just saying words to you. But to see it visually, to hear it through music... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amazing. It, it becomes very sticky. You know, if mm -hmm. you can visualize or remember lyrics to a song, you can remember better. So it's just a really fun way to learn, as you right. say. Mm -hmm. So then the friend encouraged you and you kind of dipped your toe into mm -hmm. into with the type six. So then how long did it take you or what was that process like to do all the other types? I mean, did you find people that you knew that were different types or... Right. So after that, um, you know, I still was really unsure about what I'd created. Mm -hmm. And it's changed so much since that first rendition, including the, the written narrative that goes along with it. But I, I ended up just reaching out to my community and finding uh, many people who anyone who'd done enough research or had some self-awareness on their type. Okay. And kind of sat down for an hour and a half to three hour interviews with them and had them journal again um, through some of the songs. And it took, it took a long time. At the time, I was working full-time at a church as a graphic designer, so my evenings would be like <laughs> four hours photoshopping. <laughs> and um, I had a friend who was super involved in my project and would offer, like, we'd Skype, and they'd watch me edit real-time and we kind of we push back and forth like no but this needs to be in this image but no this 
this okay. doesn't make sense, you know, and, and kind of like I, I loved having critiques of, oh, that doesn't make sense or that's spot on. So it's just taken me, I started all of this in March. And so I, I think I finally finished like the day before I launched my Kickstarter this <laughs> November because I was still kind of toying over the, even the words in the stories for each of the number. Like, is this quite, is this right? Mm-hmm. You know, does this really say it? I think this one sentence has to change. So all of it's been quite a process in many hours. Well, and I love that you have an explanation with it. My nephew is a music composition major. And yeah, it's very cool. And to watch the the growth of his gift of composing music. But then recently he composed a piece. And first of all, he told me what the influence was. And then we he played the song for me. And then he walked me through the song. The trumpets are playing here because they're representing this and the trombone is representing this and the French horns this. And then see, oh, see now the trombones are coming back because they have something more to say. And it was such a richer experience to to listen to his song because I understood the story of his song. So I love that you have a description of the, the piece that you've designed so that we don't miss any of your intention in that too. Thank you. Yeah, you know, and and another thing, just uh, to point out for um, anyone who does end up seeing my book, what I've done is with the written content, anything that's hidden in the image or that you might not notice or realize carries weight is bolded in italics. So it kind of is like, oh, don't miss out on this. There's three peaks hidden and they're there for a very specific reason or Mm -hmm. yeah, just to help the reader along. I love that. So what was, was it, so you're starting this project, like I want to understand what happened between the conversation you had, the interviews, and then, oh my goodness, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put these all in a book. Take us on that journey a little bit. Right. Well, that's such a good question. (laughs) Um, I, I, I was even thinking about that recently of when did it turn into a book? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> did it, like, did it just happen? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I think even just thinking back over the years, um, some of my friends and mentors have always said to me, like, oh, I just, I see you writing a book or, or doing something like that. So I think that seed was kind of planted in me. Okay. And and I thought, oh, yeah, maybe. And, and I thought, like, literal, like, thick book or something mm-hmm. like that. But... I don't know. I think as it developed this summer and then really developed this fall, it it just became, I don't know. I I think I just, the opportunity, I became aware of the opportunity to put it all together in one place. And just that the written part was just as important as the art. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know. My, I guess one of, one of my hopes for it was that, you know, I love, I love coffee table pieces. I mm-hmm. love that. And this is just a design thing too. I love like matte soft cover books, something that's really aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And so I just took some of that, the aesthetics part and, and what would, what would I want and kind of decided to put it all together in a book in one place. And, 
kind of using it as an instrument just to start a good conversation amongst family and friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the Enneagram can be really intimidating, just like I was so intimidated when I first started. <laughs> and there's so much language and it's just... And wings and subtypes. It's a rabbit and, hole. Yeah. 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 And so this was just such a... It kind of became just a nice way to have richer conversations and, you know, do relationship better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's a coffee table book. It's a coffee table book. Yeah. Okay. And and so you have a Kickstarter. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about like when does the Kickstarter end? And I think usually with Kickstarter, there are different buy-in points or different right. gifts you get with different levels and things. Yeah. So, and, and for anyone who doesn't know Kickstarter, it's an all or nothing funding platform. So you set a goal and then if you meet that goal in pledges, then you'll follow through on, um, so for me, it would be distributing and sending people the books that they made pledges for. But mm-hmm. if the Kickstarter isn't fully funded, then those pledges or transactions are canceled. And so my goal is $5,000 and I'm about 70% there. Um, my Kickstarter ends on December 13th. Okay. And can you, can you repeat what other question? Was it about pledges, did you say? It was about pledges, but before we go there, like I just want to kind of acknowledge that because Kickstarter is all or nothing, it's like it's a really big deal. Like it's you've made a huge mm-hmm. investment and if it doesn't come through, then it's not you don't get any of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's a- yes. And I I just want to say kudos to anyone who's done a Kickstarter. <laughs> I did not realize how much work it would be, but it's also such a fun, unique opportunity. So if you have a creative idea, anyone listening has a creative idea, definitely look into it. So then what are the different gift points? Right. So off the top of my head, I guess um, I should call them pledges. Yeah. Pledge Pledge points. (laughs) Yes. Um, So off the top of my head, uh, because I chose not to do international because of just unforeseen shipping costs, Mm -hmm. uh, I have like a $15 entry point that's for a digital copy of the book. Um, But then at $25, you can get the first edition um, published print copy of my book. And then, and and I I nicknamed a lot of these with just a head nod to some of the Enneagram nicknames. Like uh, the next pledge is The Giver. So, Mm. you know, the two. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get two (laughs) books. So you can give one away. And... That's at $45, and and the higher you go, um, the cheaper the books become for, like, bulk purchases. Okay. And then at at my highest tiers, I also offer selling the prints as singles. Okay. And so you can get a set of the nine, which um, I've kind of mocked up on my site, too, of how you could display those in wood stands or, um, you know, hang them on the wall, frame them, give Mm -hmm. them away as a gift. Yeah. How does that feel? How does that feel about somebody putting your print on their wall? Or has that already happened for you? No, but I, and I can't even imagine how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, shock. Yeah. So has this project been, uh, like, I think sometimes people have, and maybe I know this is not just me that's had this experience, where I have all these different experiences where I get all these different tools and they seem so random and so disconnected. Mm. And then God 
brings me to a place and a point where all these things that seemed random and not at all related fit perfectly in what he's what he has before me has this project been like that for you I'm thinking about you being a designer and then you have to go print it and you have to do Kickstarter so you have to communicate and you have to talk to all these people I mean has that been your experience with this project yes I love what you're saying Angela and you know one thing that my mom's always said was you know, God's using everything. God uses everything. So don't mm-hmm. doubt those random experiences. Right, right. Or, um, you know, going to school for one thing and then ending up in school for another. Like God's going to use everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I would say it's just so many different experiences and conversations and random trails and tangents and everything compiled into one really unexpectedly, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So what is your hope? for the project? What is, what is it that you hope this accomplishes? Yeah. So I think my dream, well, and my dream would obviously be to get it outside of my community and into the, the bigger community as a whole and anyone interested in the Enneagram. But mm-hmm. I think my real heart behind it is not, I mean, I, I would love my Kickstarter to succeed, but my real heart is just that people would take the invitation to learn how to have compassion for themselves and for Mm -hmm. others and to really be intrigued by each person and, and not be, you know, I guess I'll I'll go back to saying, you know, I'm a four fours are pretty sensitive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember thinking, wow, I'm really offendable. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, my feelings get hurt so easy, but when I start to learn, about how other people are seeing the world, how other people are seeing our conversation, then I, I just, yeah, I have compassion for them and I want to know how they're seeing it and it makes me more unoffendable mm-hmm. and it makes me be able to say, where's my healing work need to take place so I can do relationship better, so I can love you better. And so that's really my heart is just that the Enneagram would be used in a way that heals and, and um, relationships and celebrates just the different people that God's placed in our lives. Oh my gosh. And what a difference that would make if in our world, <laughs> if people would do that, if people had that outlook, if, if I could do that more, if I could be looking at people that way, what a difference. Yeah. I love that. That's Thank so important. You. So this episode is coming out. I did not forewarn you about this question. Okay. So I was just thinking, though, that this episode is coming out the day before Thanksgiving. In in light of what this year has looked like for you doing this project and what, you know, with the heart that you have behind it, what are you feeling thankful for in this moment, in the middle of your Kickstarter, with, you know, the hopes and dreams still before you, what are you thankful for now in the midst of it? Mm, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm I think I'm just grateful just for the journey that God's um put me on mm-hmm. and his timing and just the people that he's surrounded me with in my life. Um just out of this, I've had so much encouragement from my friends and my community. Um just that kind of wowed me. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I just a couple close friends and mentors who, who just really championed me and encouraged me. It was a really scary thing for me to do, this project was. So there's a lot of growth um, for me, and I really had to step up personally. So I, I think I'm just so grateful for just the opportunity to be able to do something like this, but really the the people that came alongside me and just really, like I said, just really championed me, really encouraged me, pulled the best out of me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm, I think that would be what it would be. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you for doing this. I, I love talking to people who are who are doing the thing that God has set before them. And even when they feel vulnerable in it, even when they feel scared. And I think I like talking to people about that because it pushes me to do that. And it reminds me that the, that the thing that God has before me is important enough to, to move ahead and to take the next step. Mm-hmm, to take a risk. Right. Like, because I, I'm thinking uh, too about sometimes if we knew what the end was, we may yeah. not start at the beginning. Like if, if someone would have said to you, you need to do all these prints and you need to put it in a book and you need to have all these explanations. It, like if you would yeah. have known that, you may have felt like, <laughs> I can't It would have been print. too much. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I 100% agree with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I like what you're talking about, the, the journey and the people that came alongside, because that's, I think, how we get to the next thing, to the, ne- to the next step. Mm-hmm. of what we're doing. That's mm-hmm. great. So there are two questions that I ask all of my guests. The first yes. one is, how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? Especially with working full time and then spending your time with Photoshop at night. How how do you find time to retreat? Right. Well, and and so I guess also I have to I have to address this too. I I actually now um, am just a full time well full time. I'm I'm a a private contractor freelance designer, but I'm going back to school. So my oh, schedule's changed a little bit. I'm going back from my master's in Christian counseling. Okay. Um, but how do I retreat? This is a really good question. I love that you ask it. Um, typically, except for this. Uh, this interim time where, where I'm on Kickstarter and social media trying mm-hmm. to campaign. Well, and I think that's um, a, I think that's important too. Some there are seasons. There are right. seasons oh, when point. retreat is consistent, and there are seasons when it may not be possible, but it should always be. I think like a goal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So. So in uh, this season. <laughs> in this season. Okay. Oh no. Okay. In this season, I'm not retreating as well. Okay. But my retreating would would be I I I'm pretty good about not being on social media very much, and mm-hmm. I think just as a graphic designer, and you know as you know we stare at our screens all day. Uh, my retreat is then to not be on a screen, um, or to not be exposing myself just to more content, more information digitally. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way I really relax well is to just be unplugged and to spend more time learning and reading and doing relationship mm-hmm. outside of work. And I thought of a really fun answer too, um, how I maybe like physically retreat. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit unusual, this take on your question. But so there was one morning about a month ago that I had planned to just, you know, sit and read in this big comfy chair 
um, next to the beautiful window light, and I wasn't going to do anything for hours other than read. And I thought that sounded so good. But that morning, I woke up super early, and at about 9 a.m., I was getting kind of angsty, like, I think I need to go into town. I think I need to go to a coffee shop. I I just got to go. I got to change the day up, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I headed into town, and at this coffee shop, there was about eight older gentlemen um, playing guitar, and they're never there. And so I, I was quite taken because it was free live music, and they were adorable, mm-hmm. and so I got my drink and a scone, and I, I went and I sat right by them, and, you know, I would clap every time they ended and kind of smile and just showed – I was so interested. I was I was just taken by them, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they were playing all oldies music, and I love oldies, and eventually they invited me to sing with them and join their circle, and – you know, I'm not the, I'm, I'm kind of like the cautious karaoke singer. Like okay. it, it does take a little bit for me to get up. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have this like great voice, but I'm, I'm, you know, I can dabble. Mm-hmm. So I joined in with them and sang for about two hours. Oh my and goodness. I know, it just, the time flew. And so that's kind of like my answer to your question is, and then this is kind of a Myers-Briggs thing too, but it's my, I found that's my flow state. Like, and when they say flow state, they mean what can you do for an amount of time where you have so much fun that you forget about time? Um, mm. And it's just so life-giving to you. And that experience I left and thought, this is the most fun I've had in months. And I just feel like exhilarated. And and so I went home and I wrote down, like, what was it? What were all the elements at play? And in the past, when those situations have popped up, like, what were the elements at play? Like, for example... It was spontaneous. It was unplanned. It required some kind of skill, but I didn't have to be a master at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of luck, and it was with strangers, and it was novel to me. Like it was something that I thought this is kind of odd and offbeat, but I love it. Right. And so with that, now I just look for those opportunities because those are the things that make me go into flow, which really rejuvenate my spirit. Yeah. Well, and then that is the perfect segue to my next question, (laughs) which is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Right. And so for this one, too, I I actually took your question and I asked a couple friends and just to see, you know, what they would say, what my hashtag would be. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of came back with the same thing, which is. So I, I'm I'm a pranker. Like I love pulling pranks. Okay. And and one of them even said, "You just have like this physical need to prank people." <laughs> and it's so true. Like I just can't not like. Mm-hmm. And so my mind's always running of like, well, how could I? You know, what would be a great prank? Or I'll find myself in a store that's um, has something bulk on sale, and I'll buy out the item just giggling the whole time. <laughs> You know, this summer, some of my friends went out of town and we just, we covered their house with over a hundred stuffed animals Mm -hmm. and we made the news. I mean, we fed it to the news and we were hoping they would, you know, be scrolling Facebook and see their house just like decked out. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely an instigator and it can get a little weird because I'll go like 110%. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Which then is your flow. (laughs) Right? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. They're both they're both connected for sure. Well, oh, lastly, before we 
sign off. How do people find you on Kickstarter? And I'll make sure that we I put it in the show notes too. But if someone's just listening, how would they? What would they search for on Kickstarter to find you? Right. So if you if you go onto Kickstarter's page, all you have to do is search the book title. Okay. Um, again, that was the Art in You and Me, the Enneagram Visualized. Okay, and they'll be able to find it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you for asking. Yeah, and I'll make again. I'll make sure that I put it in the show notes with a link that people can just link right from there. So. Well, Perfect. thank you so much for coming on. I love the Enneagram. And and I learned some more about it too from you, <laughs> about the subtypes. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Before I officially sign off on this episode, I just felt like because it's the day before Thanksgiving that this is coming out, that you might be busy or maybe you're listening to this Thanksgiving morning or sometime during the weekend. But I wanted to read something over you as almost like a blessing for Thanksgiving. So Psalm 100, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with singing and joy, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. Amen. I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you want to follow us on social media, you can find the podcast at at Retreat House Podcast, and you can find me at at Angela Smith MN. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you next week.